I hopped in the back seat, started putting my seatbelt on as he asked me where to, and I told him to Nana Shoe. He took a minute. I could feel his confusion growing. And just as he was about to ask me, I said, Look, I put it on my letters to Santa, and he has no problem figuring out where to go. If you can go to Nanashu, then you can definitely do Nanashu, and rather than Mountain Dew, I would rather do Nanashu. While I'm thinking about it, I did just get another letter from Santa, and this one said, let's see, ho ho ho, I am nippled, ho ho. I am nippled. I'm pretty sure he stole that from the Bible. I'm still trying to figure out if it was something in his letter, his words or tone, or if it was just something that's been happening inside me that has me reflecting on passion and how people describe passion. So often I've heard that fire metaphor, that passion is like fire. It's like a fire inside of your chest and your heart. And I understand that. I'm a very passionate person. I have been a large part of my life. For me, it's always been less like fire and more like having to take a shit. Taking yet another shit on language and our means of communication. Why do we always make everything nouns? Things that obviously aren't. Things like family and love and death. But we can't even maintain that method because you have a word like fire and you have what fire actually is. And we're using fire for cooking and for companionship. But then in language, we're also using it as a command or an action involving employment. I hope Santa can't get fired. Like if anybody ever found my correspondence with him. In this letter, I'm asking him things like, have you ever jacked off to a tornado? Do you ever see sex as an opportunity to see how much hate you can fit in a hole? In all the celebrity deaths that have occurred this year already and last year, there's one that I keep thinking about, and it's not because I watched him or particularly cared for him or anything. Like, I recognize that he was a large, important figure in his field. And I definitely saw a lot of him for never watching his show. But Larry King. I keep thinking about Larry King. Because I hope that they didn't bury him or burn him. Without first having someone wear his skin. He had some of the most wearable skin that I've ever seen. I wonder what I would look like wearing it. And if it would be a good disguise for me to start teaching a new bomb-making class. Yeah, I can talk about the news when I'm wearing Larry skin, and I don't even really have to make a joke or anything on this one, because just the story itself is perfect already. There was this Al-Qaeda bomb-making class where 30 people were killed because of an explosion. I need to put that in my letter to Santa. Also, a dentist should be someone who specializes in dents. Sometimes you really gotta reel back in the stuff that almost comes out of your head and that you let other people know that you were thinking about or actually intending to say to them. 
because I had one of the most horribly pretentious thoughts that I've ever had. I almost made myself sick just thinking it and that I almost fucking let myself say it to another person. There's this artist that I follow on Facebook who's fucking incredible. His patience to do proper hatching and his line work is out of this fucking world. He uses all these cool quills and shit, which are like fancy artist pens, and he actually dips them into real ink and has to keep doing that throughout the process. He shares his sketches, finished drawings, and videos of his work on Facebook. I was watching one of these videos where he's going back and forth, drawing lines, dipping, drawing more lines. If you've never used one of these quills, they can make really terrible noises, if you're not careful. But this guy has good form, so I imagine you just hear that very gentle, ever so light scratch of the finely crafted and pointed quill on the tooth of the paper. I was about halfway through typing this comment and wondering if I would get a reply from him when I finally heard it and realized what I was asking him and was disgusted with myself. Do you listen to the sound of the quill as you work? That's what I was going to ask him. Actually, that'd be a good question for Santa. I know he still uses quills too. So months into the game, after lots of rambly answers, I finally really considered and came up with the buzzword terminology for what the podcast is. Comedy development. But then, I recently had somebody ask me what my comedy style was. My style is passion, like you gotta take a shit. It's comedy where you can hear the sound of a quill. I just repeated all the things that I've had other people tell me it's like to them. And in doing so, I realized that it's basically the same buzzword descriptions as a martini. It's dry, it's shaken, it's dirty, it's sophisticated and elegant as it is silly. It's like the stages of drinking one, as much as it is the variations possible in the aesthetic of the glass. Which reminds me that I still have never had a martini. I've had melted otter pops with vodka, but I've never had a martini. I'm just not really a drinker. I've tried to be at various stages in my life multiple times. I want to be, but it just isn't me. I listen to the fucking sounds of a quill as I write my letters to Santa. That's me. Mr. Martini, the James Bond of comedy. This is why I need video. If you guys could see what my neck just did as I was saying that. That needs to go in the letter to Santa. How do I stop thinking about wearing other people's skin? I'm really not too worried about it. As I was saying last week, I identify a lot more with someone like Charles Schultz, where I'm not letting myself kick the football. And I'd still sit there and try and smile through the sadness. And that ever since high school, I've been saying, I can't die yet, I've still got shit to do. Which is true, but I can almost guarantee you, and I really fucking hope that once I'm done with that shit, I'll also be done with this life. 
and that I get to do that before some other random crazy thing kills me. Like Cox. I damn near had a fucking brain aneurysm this week as I wasted three days fucking trying to figure out stupid fucking Cox's shitty fucking service. The service, if the equipment is working right, is okay. It's the fucking support. It's the same kind of shit that I fucking hated so goddamn much about fucking Target. It's that absurdly over-the-top, algorithmic, eager-to-please, ass-eating, entitlement-earning bullshit. And it fucking just, like, blanks my mind out with rage. They, like, drag you down to the dumbest form of yourself, and they are aggressively kind. So, long story short, they've easily advanced themselves way up to the top of my shit list up there with Target and Barncast and Roy Stanifer. And, as always, as the Tunana shoe may rock and balance the scales of balance, I had a good person experience that touched me because I hadn't had one in a pretty long time, really. I was at the store, I'd just finished putting my groceries in the car and was about to push my cart back when the man that had just passed by my car heard and looked back and extended his hand out. And that's all it takes. It's so fucking little, but it can mean so much sometimes, at the right times. And in the digital dating world, I've been getting these chuckles there's always been this thing where, like, weird wording and phrasing catches on and hive minds throughout the app, so you see a lot of the same people saying a lot of the same stuff. Naturally, religion happens to be one of those things. What's not so natural, and what gives me the chuckle, is that they've started phrasing it as Christ in me. Just that one line, just exactly like that, Christ in me. So you're swiping away and you see my picture, you see my name, my age, all those little details, and the first opportunity for something I can say about myself is Christ in me. I understand why you might not see passion as having to take a shit, and I understand why people say things like, I have Christ in my heart. But when you just say... Christ in me. It makes me feel the same way as what I imagine when I think about the remake of Boy Meets World that I want to do, where Meets is not what the boy is doing to the world, but what the world is doing with the boy. Boy Meets put the passion of Christ in me. But if you want to hear about any Boy Meets specials, you're going to have to come to my bomb-making class. I've already confirmed that Christ... Santa, and Sylvester Stallone are going to be there. And I'll be tossing out all kinds of little random fun facts throughout. Like today, I just learned that that perfect steaming cup of coffee that you see in commercials sitting amongst the coffee beans in the morning sun rising window with golden rays, that large, perfectly white and polished ceramic mug and that seductive stream of steam gliding up, gently waving back and forth, taunting like a cartoon, is actually produced by a tampon 
They pour hot water on a tampon and it makes that steam so much better than a real cup of coffee does. And I got a great big sack filled with rhetoric that I'd love to apply that to. This recurring stain on our culture and actions of valuing aesthetic and the image of something over its actual reality. But you know that it's bigger than that. It's that stuff that's happening at Target and at Cox that I've been talking about for years now, that I've been feeling for years before that, and that I've been fighting in the entire time I've been aware of it. It's the kind of shit that Rush Limbaugh brushed his teeth with and why I wouldn't want to wear his skin. It's why I dream secrets into bananas and then walk them to those dreams. It's why sometimes I'd rather upset somebody than make them laugh, rather than telling them to suck a dick, to go put more dicks in their mouth. But enough about me. What's been good for you guys? What's balancing your scales of balance? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, Marky Mark's always good. What else? <laughs> I found a restaurant that has a really good bowl of oatmeal. Look, old man, I really hope that your rapidly deteriorating health is the cause of that uncontrollable, uncomfortable laughter intermittently dispersed in there, but why the fuck are you ordering oatmeal at a goddamn restaurant? Oh, great, here we go. He's still hung up on the oatmeal. You know what? No. Any other time, I would. Every other time, I have. But this time, finally... I'm going to forgive oatmeal. Christ in me. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe it's like when people would take a shot and they'd be like, Kobe? I respect his skin and hope that it's resting peacefully. I neither want to wear it or not not want to wear it. Real quick, let's talk about hate groups because, man, I hate groups. And I was talking about how much I hated groups. And this guy heard me, and he came over, and he was like, did I just hear that you hate groups? And I was like, yeah, I hate groups. And he's like, I hate groups. I was like, fuck you. No, I'm not hating groups with you, because then we will form a group. And he was like, no, we would just be two dudes that hate groups. And I was like, but we're still grouping our hate. And I could see his eyes tear up, like he just got some onions for a nice restaurant-quality bowl of oatmeal. And then I really wanted to put Christ in him. Is that right? Can I use it like that? My neck did weird things again. Who's gonna wear my skin? I'd be honored to have someone like Ed Gein or Buffalo Bill. February 20th seems to be an interesting day for me, annually. Or I guess there have been some years where it stood out. Eleven years ago, my dad gave me what's still one of the best compliments I've ever received on any work that I've done. He said, I believe you have accomplished true personal creativity. You have also developed excellent skills with the mediums of your choice. You are an accomplished artist, capable of expressing your thoughts and feelings. I love your art. Good job. Two years later, I had to delay my return from Houston back to Arizona for reasons I don't remember. 
A year after that, I saw a pigeon on a fountain dancing to that song Cult of Personality. And the biggest one, six years ago, I left Gertrude's. My favorite job that up until recently had been the place I worked the longest. Still my favorite job. Still probably the best work that I've ever done in my life, possibly, that I will ever do. But maybe someday, this final one will top that. From a year ago is when I finally got the equipment to start the podcast. That brings us to this year. Now. And as the stars would have it, my last good friend here finally moved away. The only person I really spent time with and could really talk to here anymore. And it was the right thing to do, and I'm happy for him. Alright, for the next five minutes, I'd like to try something new. I'm going to place my head against the microphone, and I'm going to think real hard. Like the hardest that I've ever thought. And I want you guys to close your eyes real hard and try and sense real hard and listen real hard. And let me know if you feel or hear anything. I can't feel the left side of my face and my ear is bleeding. Should I stop, or do you guys want to keep going? Oatmeal guy, what say you? Shit. I think he's dead. Christ is no longer in him. But I may be in that skin. He's kind of got a Larry King quality going on. This morning I woke up. I put on some skin. I went and made myself a nice piping hot cup of coffee. And I remembered what I'd told you guys about how they make it look so steamy and delicious. The improvement on the look is definitely true. It was plenty steamy, but it does not improve the taste. In fact, it kind of makes the taste way worse. But I was using the tampon that I was using to plug my passion inside of me. Oof, that was dirty, even by my standards. But every time I've tried to clean up, I always overcorrect and go too clean. The last time I tried, I went so clean that even Mormons didn't think I was funny. The funny thing about Mormon humor is that it's actually really similar to Al-Qaeda humor. Neither group is very funny, but they both make really good oatmeal. Last week I wanted to talk about love, and I was hoping that you guys were loving with yourselves, significant others, in some way in your life. I've been very fortunate in my life in learning about love. I've known a lot of different types, and I've gone through a lot of very different experiences. I think it was natural and necessary for me to be able to get there that way for it to be fully explored and for me to fully accept those answers once it was. But it isn't the only way, and in being able to find the essence and trace back the lines of how to get there and from what angles it's approachable, 
I was able to get better at recognizing those types of lines and how to arrive there easier and faster and how I could best preserve the purity of it, the integrity of it being in its most uninterfered, uninfluenced form without changing it and adding all my perspectives and interweaving all these connections to it. I had gone to California with my friends. We had driven there, and it was a very much needed vacation for all of us. The first I had had in years. And you could just feel and see that in each and every one of us. We were all in that moment and in that idea and in that energy. In that, but also introverted, I wanted to step outside for a bit, to be alone for a little while. I went outside and looked up, and getting immersed in viewing the stars with my head tilted back, I laid on the concrete. And I felt it first, and in not really understanding what exactly it was that I was feeling, my brain started working and trying to assess it, and it started piecing things together. The feeling was familiar, but the freedom of it in this moment was very different from how it had ever felt before. Before, love had always been something that was there with family, and it was something that was always directed at a person or an action. I love you. I love this. And those connections can carry but they can also act as anchors. In this moment, as I lay and look up to the sky, I loved, only loved, only that energy in me. In energy and idea, I loved, only loved. I contemplated the connections, I was aware of it, but I wasn't attaching it to that. And ever since then, I've tried to apply an awareness of that in anything that I do, anything that I interact with or associate with. I know that I could literally do almost anything that I could ever want. And I will. I will do. But more than that, I just want to experience and be aware and present for when I encounter these natural purities. And in saying stuff like that, in the same episode as boy meets and wearing skin, I think it's highly likely that somebody is surveilling me, the FBI or something. Or maybe that's just wishful thinking because I've been binging criminal minds and I would really like to hear the profile they have on me and what that would insinuate, what type of behaviors that I would be engaged in based on that. Still waiting on them scientists to study my brain. This one is numbered 30, but it's always off by one because I skipped 11 in homage to Louis C.K.'s 9-11 deniers bit. So the next episode is going to be 30, marking another set of 10, which means it'll be break time for me and you. I haven't really given it too much thought yet, whether it's going to be a week or two, but 
you'll know as soon as I do, or you'll just see that there aren't new episodes on Sunday. We'll talk about it next week. Till then, remember, you are nippled. <laughs>